way, that was the best and worst decision I've ever made. It's just the perception of it is, oh, you know, Jacob's Jacob's made it. He's made it. And I'm like, um, and people have told me that in my face. And I'm like, and I say it politely, but, you know, don't assign me my final destination. Welcome to the Zero Quit Podcast, where we bring you inside the minds of elite athletes, business owners, and other guests. I'm your host, Brock Covington, and through these conversations, you'll hear practical advice and effective strategies for building a more resilient mind. If you enjoy listening, be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. Today we have on Mr. Jacob Davis, who is the owner of the nutrition store in Spartanburg, North Carolina, and also in Greenville, North Carolina. That's the second one, right? Spartanburg is the first? Yes. Yeah. So Greenville is our, I guess, you know, uh, it's our outpost. You know, I kind of always had the view of calling it our uh, satellite location, but it is definitely a second location through and through. So about 30 minutes south of uh, Spartanburg. And you guys just hit four year anniversary, right? We did, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was a blast. You know, it um, we had hu- held a huge celebration. Um, actually, you know, shut down the Greenville store for the day, and had out you know well over two hundred people uh, in the parking lot of our Spartanburg location. So it was it was awesome, dude. Just a good time. And I, and I was gonna say the biggest thing that I've noticed and what drew me to you and how I learned about you like through awesome is just all about community and just having fun because I feel like what the nutrition store stands to me is obviously you guys provide a lot of information, knowledge, and we can get to that mm-hmm. in a little bit with the content you create. But the biggest thing is just from the Christmas bangers to the anniversary parties, it's all about fun community. People will drive, you know, hours just to fucking show up to this party and just, this, you know, hang out. And right. it's just like camaraderie that you've created, which I think is what's special about small business and about stores like yours. Thanks, man. Thank you. And, you know, I think that uh, I've opening a second location has really taught, me that over the last year about what we're meant to be and what we're you know going to manifest into um you know because it it is hard to maintain that same camaraderie and family community spread out across 20 locations um and even at two locations uh, we've started to notice that it's not like anything's changed or worse it's just uh it's more of a a challenge to keep the family and the community uh tight-knit and on the same page but, yeah, well, it's um, hard to make it the exact same. You can't copy and paste the same yeah. thing from one place to another. And it's the same thing mm-hmm. with the gym. I think I was reading a book about it was basically, you know, it's just it's different cultures, different people over there. And, and it, that's where coming into who you hire, which I think you've obviously surrounded yourself with two guys that live mm-hmm. and breathe TNS and understand right. what you expect. So it's it, it helps when you already kind of have those guys there than trying to find employees and teach them right. the values and the vibe. But uh, mm-hmm. so the biggest thing that draws, uh, unless, do you have something to say about it? No, I was just going to say, um, you know, you can create systems for a business, but you can't create soul for, sure. for the business. For you sure. know? So, and that's something that, that, uh, you know, heartbeat within it. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, but the biggest thing I think uh, that caught my eye about like just you and your business that relates to that community is the content you create. So what was it like when you were first creating content if people haven't checked out your instagram what is the the instagram for the store is it tns or so i wish i've tried to buy that one like 10 times <laughs> and the dude will not respond to me but uh so it's just the nutrition store llc um okay. long word but if you you know if, if you're in the southeast and you type in on instagram the nut we have that locked down yeah so we're, okay. we're we're good but you know try and expand that to the country we'll see Yeah. So the nutrition store LLC on uh, Instagram. But anyway, the content you guys create, it's a lot of fun stuff. It's goofy. It's informative and all that. So 
what really drove you, I guess, to start making content? What were the first few things you made and what were people's reaction to it? Oh, dude, that's so I'm going to have to upload along with the video footage of my original like handheld videos just for reference. But uh, when I started, man, you know, I didn't have many customers. I didn't have uh, much going on. You know, I was lucky to have connections with all of the distributors and vendors that I needed to. But when there's nobody coming in the store, there's no really there's no ordering. There's no, Mm -hmm. you know, other little things. So I'm like, all right, well, I've always been good on camera. I'm just going to pick up my phone and make something funny today or may, you know, teach somebody yeah. something that they didn't know. And so at first, you know, it, it became like, well, immediately it became an addiction, uh, just to making videos. And I would post something every day and we still do. At first I would say the reaction I got, um, from those around me and those I grew up with was like, Oh, you know, Jacob just sits in the back of the store and makes his, you know, goofy little videos. Goofy videos, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, they they would laugh at him because they were, you know, they're, obviously they were funny to a certain extent, but also to me it was just really, for one, a way to kill time. And also I'm like, I've been listening to Andy Frisella tell me to provide value to people, but how do I yeah. provide value to people if they're not in my store in front of yeah. me? Yeah. You know, and I always had this vendetta against email marketing, which I've changed mm-hmm. my views since then. Um but I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go all in on Instagram and make videos. Because at the time, my theory was that Instagram was going to pivot to become more like YouTube. And mm. I was wrong, but still using that and sticking wrong and right, lens, in a way. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I was like, all right, well, so they had IGTV at the time. That was their yeah. big release. And so I'm like, we're going to lean into this. We created all the playlists, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the, I remember um, that, yeah. the, the structure. But um, even looking back on it, it was worth it because mm-hmm. still yeah. to this day, it's compounded. So Well, some people did good with IGTV. It was just hard to get people because it's like, do you film vertically? Do you film horizontal mm-hmm. and have people flip their phone? And right. But the funny thing is like content is just becoming – it is more video, but it's also more short form. So like yes. Reels right now, Instagram is pushing those so hard, which I get. But mm-hmm. I don't know about you. My photo content that used to do just – it's all relative, but let's say I used to get three to 400 likes a photo. I get like a hundred now and I have way more followers, but it's yep. just because Instagram is not pushing photos at all. It's only giving yep. you like engagement if you send out reels, which I get. And then it seems to me too that reels, the shorter almost the better. Like if you're in that like five to 10 at most 15 second sweet spot. And it's funny because reels are just turned into Vine basically. Yep, exactly, man. I think that they were so reactive in how they responded to TikTok's expansion and, you know, growth that, you know, I I think it's a good thing. But at the same time, it's also, it is shortening our attention spans as a society. I mean, I think TikTok and Instagram, because the type of content I prefer to create is not typically what I create. Um, Yeah, the same way. Yeah, sitting down with you know because uh, we have a, a group in the Upstate that I created called the Upstate Coalition. So a lot of you know professionals, business owners, doctors, you know, I'll interview them, and I'm like, how do I condense this much valuable information down to 30 seconds or you know yeah. 15 seconds? Uh, so it does become difficult, but you know we find ways. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I feel like I get more out of a a like well thought out, meaningful caption and like an inspiring photo than like mm-hmm. a goofy like redone audio that you know it's trending and things like that but exactly you know it's it's why i try and post like a mix of photos that 
I feel like are exciting and about what I'm doing. And then I also have to show, it's like a mix. It's like you post for you, mm-hmm. but then you're also posting because you need engagement because without engagement and an audience, you're just posting to the wind, right? Yep, so exactly. A bit of that. Exactly, yeah. man. And um, that's, you know, one thing oh, I was going to say, no, no, sorry to cut you off. Uh, no. One thing I've noticed though, Instagram, since we've done nothing but videos since day one, there's yeah. not a single picture post on the nutrition photo. source page. That's mine. Um, you know, I might accept a collaborator post of a photo, mm-hmm. but yeah. since we started with video and since our video tends to kind of go longer than 60 seconds, mm-hmm. I've noticed Instagram doesn't give us, like, it doesn't help us with the algorithm at all making nonstop video content. There's like a threshold mm. that they don't want you to pass. Um, yeah. It's you know? what's, it's just like, just, well, I'll say this. YouTube, especially speaking to one of my close friends that, I've known forever, um, and he edits for he, – he used to have a YouTube channel, 100K. He's now nice. just an editor for this guy. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Ryan Trahan. He has like 8 million, um, big YouTuber. But the point is he does a lot of studying as far as like the algorithm with YouTube, right? And there's somewhat of a formula that you can figure out with what works with thumbnails and titles and videos and content, right? Instagram's all over the place, dude, and they mm-hmm. change it all the time to what works and what doesn't that you have to like stay with the trend. So let's say you, you post – workout content well for years you'd post a video maybe like swipe a carousel video of each exercise right and mm-hmm. then you could do an igtv and then it, you have to follow that now it's reels so you're like posting all your exercises in 30 seconds exactly. and so it, it just gets hard to catch up depending on what content you make so for your example you made longer form content informative now you try to condense that it's it's hard mm-hmm. to do that's true um so I want to dive into TNS overall because I thought, you know, especially for the people that aren't familiar with the story, they've gotten a little bit of a feel for, okay, what, what it's about and things like that. But as far as TNS, how did you, especially what you mentioned, you knew some distributors and companies, how did you get started with supplements and what made you want to open up a store? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, you know, I, growing up, I'll kind of give my, my I guess. Go for it, dude. A repetitive backstory. Uh, started, yeah. you know, I started bodybuilding at 14. I was chubby, you know, I was the chubby kid and, you know, I, I really didn't like just see a bodybuilder and fall in love. My dad got me a pull-up bar, uh, for Christmas one year and mm-hmm. we mounted it in my door to my bedroom and, yep. um, you know, I got on this kick where I wanted to start running and I would jog in my neighborhood and, you know, I wanted to lose some, some of the pounds, but yep. I made a, a challenge to myself every day when I'd go in my room to try to do one more pull-up, you know, and try to do as many as I could. Mm-hmm. And that kind of evolved into the gym. And, you know, go through high school, go into places like GNC and, you know, buying things I really didn't need, buying things that really were not serving, (laughs) you know, to help me in any way. Um, I kind of developed a resentment for supplements as I delved more into uh, dietetics. And that was my original path uh, in school. Um, Ended up actually changing over to exercise science, you know, kinesiology, uh, halfway through realizing that the dietetics path was not... I didn't want to work in a clinical setting. Yeah. I wanted to, yeah. I, I'm more of a talker. I'm more of an in-person, you know, let's let's deal with the public, uh, work with yeah, them kind of guy. That. So um, I still, to this day, or not to this day, to the, that time, that point in time, I did not like supplements just because, you know, the regurgitated mantra. And, uh, you know, well, you dude, I have, know a funny, I have a funny GNC story. <laughs> and maybe okay. you have a funny GNC story too. So when I was getting into bodybuilding at 14, about the same time, um, I was telling my dad, I was like, I have to get Optimum Gold Standard Way. I was like, this oh, yeah. is what it says on bodybuilding.com. I was like, that's the best protein. 
I want it. I want to get muscle, and if like if that's what the best protein is, I need to take that shit. So, right. and he had been getting me some like muscle milks like every dad, right? And so I was like, Dad, we're going to GNC. We're getting optimum, you know, way. So go there, get in the gold standard. And first of all, I walk in there, and like the GNC guy, you know, they're always kind of up your ass. They want to sell you something. Yeah. And the guy, he starts go harping on to my dad and I about how optimum gold standard has like mercury in like you know oh, contents wow. in it and it's gonna like you know it might cause poison or like there's a lawsuit about it and that gnc way their sustained blend is better and blah 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 so oh, we don't buy into the shit thank god right so buy the gold standard way and uh <laughs> and you know come to find out years later my dad he was working for a company that basically builds machines to help package and ship out optimum right. okay. but the funny thing is the company that makes Optimum also makes GNC Way. It's the yep. same shit, right, as, as most brains are all made at the yep. same facility, right? And uh, so it's funny that, you know, they, they say all this sort of shit. GNC workers, it's right. like such a meme, you know? Oh, dude, and I mean, not to mention it, it'll switch depending on the month you go in there. Yeah. You know, I, re- yeah. I remember going in, and my first protein I ever bought myself with my own money <clears throat> was Promacil. And it was actually yeah. the, the owners of Optimum sold their company to Glambia, and then they started Rivalis. Well, the guy at GNC convinced me yep. this was the only way that I was going to gain muscle. And I was I believed it, you know. So I got it. Then the next mm-hmm. month I go in, and, you know, now I know that they were getting commission on different items. Uh, yep, yep. Oh, man, no, 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 that <laughs> stuff, you know, we found out that was garbage. You, you need to get this. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, same thing, man. It, it's that's the difference between a, a commission-based environment where there's yep. financial incentive, or a passion-based environment where there's true, you know, uh, interest of people's, you know, betterment. Well, we'll jump around and uh, we will get back to the, the business itself. Oh, but yeah, just of course. To, since we're on this topic, you know, it's funny that a uh, decade late. I'm almost a decade. I was thinking about earlier this morning during my workout. I'm almost a decade into lifting, and I'm sure mm-hmm. you're at a decade, if not plus, now. And it's funny that the same, like, myths about supplements are still echoed today, even with all right. the information on YouTube and TikTok or whatever, because I'll see the, I don't get on TikTok, although I need to try and just get on it just to post and ghost, right? Just for the, the benefits of do. it. You would yeah, be great at it. Yeah. <laughs> I see TikToks that are like, you know, is creatine going to make me, like, you know, suppress my test? Or is, t- you know, creatine bad for girls? Or is creatine like right. a steroid? And, you know, same thing with best protein. And it's crazy that all these years later, it's still like, is, is it going to c- shut down my livers, you know, cause, or my kidneys? Because I remember my dad would not buy me creatine for a while because he swore there was this article that's going to shut down like your kidneys or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just crazy years later, even with all the information out, you know, these yeah. same salesy it's, pitches and these man, warning labels get thrown out there. I think it's a, it's a big melting pot of misinformation, especially yeah, when, forever. you know, people... A lot of people who don't understand critical thinking abilities, and and I don't say that in a degrading way, you know, they would much rather take the advice of their son's football coach than to actually take 10 minutes of their time to read, you know, why something's not bad for them. And so we we get it to this day, uh, you know, kids' moms will (laughs) ask. And, you know, we don't sell to kids Uh who are under 18 without their parents present. It doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. what it is. But, um, you know, my son's, you know, 18 and he's taking this stuff like is he gonna you know not be able to have kids one day and yeah, like, it's crazy dude yeah so even uh it, maddie's younger brother he's 12 and he's starting to get into lifting a little bit because i think he saw some tiktoks yeah and he's not lifting much he's just he's a play soccer like seven days a week it's like 
intense, high, high elite level teams and things like right. that. But he's lifting on the side a little bit. And he's asking Maddie, like, if I have more than 20 grams of protein in a meal, is that, like, bad for me? And oh, it's, God. like, way too in the weeds with shit, right, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's – well, it's paralysis by analysis, right? Like, we're yeah. – especially with the shortening of our attention spans as yep. a society. We're, we're hit yep. with all this information. We don't know how to, I guess, decide which one's more important or what's the most important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have kids coming in who – and I hate this, and they don't want to listen to me because I'm 26 now and I'm ancient. Yeah. Um, they truly believe that a strong pre-workout is more beneficial for them than proper nutrition, yep. creatine, and you know vitamin D. Yeah. And <sighs> gorilla oh mode, gosh. bro. Gorilla oh mode. Oh god. Now that's yeah. a good formula. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's it, it's so much. You know, it's putting the cart before the horse, and these kids who are, uh, you know, yeah. I think it's just what we're dealing with. Well, dude, I got it with uh, people joining the gym is they're like, you know, they think one workout, one knee sleeve, one singlet, whatever is going to like dramatically expedite their lifting journey. And I'm like, no, dude, you might think I have a good physique now. It took me seven, eight years to build this and I still don't think I'm shit. And, you know, (laughs) each year is the smallest incremental gains. Eight years, dude, you're you're on your first year of lifting. You just started because you saw... Mm -hmm you know, whatever TikTok star, you know, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. C-bomb. And, and it's like, they just don't have the long-term picture. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is going to take years. And, um, yeah, do you think they've developed, do you you think they're going to, I don't know. Cause I don't know. I can't speak, uh, for myself. I I don't really know if I was this way when I was 16 through 18, but is the generation coming up who is introduced to TikTok and these very quick bits of, you know, rampant information. I don't know what you're going to ask. Yeah. You know, like, are they going to be able to develop that bigger picture at some point? Like, is no. that going to happen within no. the maturity? I think I thought about this when I owned the gym and I saw this generation coming in. Is lifting is being seen one as a hobby, mm-hmm. and two, it's it's all about the instant PR, the instant yes. progress, the instant transformation. So when your mind is all fixated on, well, so and so from Gymshark just hit another deadlift PR, or so and so from whatever just competed they think they have to compete now everything is now everything is immediate and so they don't have the long-term picture so they don't have the patience to lift for seven years they were like i Mm -hmm. want it now so they're either going to quit after a year or two they're going to do a competition dip or you know stop after high school stop after they get a girlfriend we see that all the time once they get that like the initial goal or what's going to happen and i have zero against steroids but they're going to hop on steroids or peds Mm -hmm. or SARMs within a first year of lifting, they have no foundation of nutrition, no foundation of lifting, of exercise, of actually how to get the results from whatever substance you're taking. Yep. And then they're going to fall out of love with lifting because they saw it in this short-term site. And the problem with that is then you, you stop lifting and you have this permanent kind of change to your body hormonally that you yep. made off such a short decision. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think the next generation is so influenced. And the other thing too with TikTok and YouTube now, good and bad, there's so many people talking about their PED use, mm-hmm. which is helpful, but you have so many young kids that A, don't understand they should wait, and yeah. B, they're just going to copy and paste whatever you're taking, whatever your cycle is, yeah. and that's not right for their body, right? Mm-hmm. And it's exactly. it's uh, it's more accessible to them, too, with SARMs that are like just sold in open stores. You don't got to know, know a guy you know, in the back of a locker room mm-hmm. to get something, you know? It's unfortunate, man. And, you know, because I, I, then again, I remember being 17, 16, and like, getting on these pro hormone websites and like 
on almost you know biting the bullet but yeah uh, i'm just glad yeah. that i had the i guess the foresight at the time to know i'm like wait you know these old school bodybuilders man they've been training for 20 years by the time yeah. they get mr olympia um but it is it's unfortunate man and the thing is too that i that irks me is you know custom being in customer service is these kids not only lack the patience they've somehow within a short amount of time developed such an overconfidence in yeah that, yeah you know, in oh, their man, abilities dude. and in their their appearance and so these kids man dude they will look at me as if they're like my size or bigger and start posing yes and you know yes. and i'm like dude you haven't been dude. training for six months man and you you're trying dude, to me and austin yeah. me and i yeah. talked about this all the time i'll get dudes roll into the gym they're in a stringer <laughs> of course anaka or gym shark whatever it is whatever the hot brand is uh what's it dark sport right oh god yeah they'll come oh, yeah. in they're they're 140 pounds at most okay they've been lifting for six months and they spend half their workout posing or filming themselves and it's yep. like dude you don't have to flex after every set when i came into the gym and i we, we probably sound like boomers but we're both in our <laughs> 20s you know mid 20s yeah. too and when i went into the gym everything was about earning the respect of the people around me and Having so each workout i was going in Oh, you're good. Oh, okay. I was yeah. basically talking about how I was trying to earn the respect of everyone around me every time I went to the gym. I had my hat on. Uh -huh. I was to myself. I didn't dare film a set or anything like that, which is fine if you do nowadays. But, you know, be cognizant of people around you. Mm -hmm. I was in there to work hard and earn the respect of, you know, the gym yeah. bros around me. Exactly. You know? And I feel like nowadays people are coming in. They're acting like you said, like there is, you know, 200 pounds jacked, mm -hmm. flexing in the mirror, posing after every set you know, screaming after every PR. Right. I saw a kid the other day, uh, you know, I don't need to mention him. He had on like some pit vipers. He had on elbow nice. sleeves, wrist wraps, a belt. And uh, he was going for a 225 PR on bench. Okay. And after he hit it, he like, you know, like let out a big like yell. His buddies were slapping his back. And it's like, dude, we all, we, that's a beginner level PR. We've all mm -hmm. had that day when we hit 225 and it's a big deal. It's not that big of a deal though. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah so there yeah. is this overconfidence that's just it i don't know it's i think it is just this different culture coming up that i feel like my generation was like the last of the mohicans as far as you know genuine long picture thinking with lifting you know right exactly man it's um yeah i, I get a kick out of it every time i see because i never even like have posed in the gym really like because i'm not I'm not a yeah. bodybuilder, you know, like I, obviously yeah. I wanted to at one point I've coached bodybuilders. Like I, I love what it is. I don't know if I really like the I'm sport. the same way. Um, yeah. But you know, at the same time, I'll see these kids do a set of preacher curls and then get up and do a back double bicep or side chest in the mirror. Yeah. And I just can't help but chuckle. Yeah. I actually, I train at a gym where three IFBB pros train, um, mm -hmm. you know, like currently, and I've never seen them pose once. So it's yeah, just funny it's... to, <laughs> and they don't even realize that those are IFBB pros, like the kids don't. Yeah, I know. You know? Like Dusty Hanshaw, I've met him this well, morning. Well, like... they're not on Instagram enough, yeah, apparently. You that's know? true. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, back to the business side of things. As far as so that was your introduction into supplements. Yeah. Um, with opening a store, I want to ask this question for a reason. Okay. When you were thinking about opening up a store, did you try and seek out other supplement stores and ask them how they got started, or did you ask? you know, how, how to start a business to people or what did you do? How'd you, mm -hmm. so how'd you make that leap? I had the, I guess the fortunate opportunity to work for a supplement store, uh, while I was in okay. uh, college, it was, it was called Rock Hill Nutrition. His principles and values were 
you know, be honest with people. You know, people have a bad taste in their mouths from the traditional supplement store model. Um, educate yeah. them, you know, provide value to them. If they don't need anything, don't sell them anything. And so that was kind of my base. He helped me out with a lot of the connections. I was able to meet a lot of companies through working there, like through sales reps mm -hmm. passing through. And um, so, you know, now when I got the idea to actually start my own, yeah. I was already on a kick of listening to the MF CEO podcast religiously. Yeah, me too. And, you yeah. know, so I listened to all of Andy's old episodes, like the first 300 of them or so. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, more than once, actually, I, like just over time. And yeah. I'm like, all right, you know, I, I'm good at this. I literally look forward to coming and talking to people about nerdy shit all day long. Yeah. So I can do something with this, but we can do it differently. And so I bought this big old book. It's somewhere around here. Uh, the Young Entrepreneur's Guide to Running and Starting a Business. And I read it and took notes, kind of learned. And it just kind of compounded. Like I would get advice from my, you know, the store owner that I worked for and mm -hmm. uh, my, my dad. I'm lucky enough to have a mom and dad who started a successful business when I was a, oh, nice. know, born. Uh, they started out yeah. in the garage. So, you know, getting his advice and um, also reading and, you know, absorbing information. A big, yeah. All you can. I, I, yeah. Well, I was going to say the, the reason I ask is because. I get so many people that will see a real life post about opening up a gym at 20 or opening up a gym and they always are like, you know, how did, how did you come up with the money or how did you do it? I, I have a similar idea. They have like 60 followers, which followers doesn't matter. Yeah. It's how you approach someone, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll DM and they'll say, hey, I want to start a gym too. Could you walk me through the process? Or here's the worst part. Never met me before. Never followed me. Hey, could you hop on a call with me and walk me through how to open up a gym? Oh God, yeah. It's like it's like first of all, it's not the right way to approach somebody. Okay. Yeah. Second off, you should do your own research. There's plenty of information out there as far as learning some different things, like you said, that don't mm -hmm. apply exactly maybe to starting a nutrition store or starting a gym. Yeah. But there's enough out there to get your feet wet. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, there is no better experience or know-how than doing it yourself. You have exactly. to be willing to. Get your foot into the mm -hmm. water, get your toes in there, and then fully get into the water and experience that because there's so many things you're going to learn and mistakes you're going to make that you can't do until you actually do it. You know, it's the same thing with like as I get more and more into ultra running, I can watch all the videos in the world on YouTube about ultra running. It mm -hmm. means fuck all until I actually yeah. run a race and experience what it's like myself, right? Exactly, exactly, man. And that's, I've worked, I've had a few guys come and ask me, you know, over the past few years, like, Hey, could I, could I sit down or, t you know, could I love the, yeah. uh, let's go grab a coffee sometime and I'd love to pick your brain. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Cause I have all the time in the world to give you my playbook. Um, and yep. even by the time you implement my playbook, Walk if you actually it. do, my playbook's going to be 10 uh -huh. years down the you know, road. And exactly. you know, I, I always, I hate to, to break it to them because when they ask me advice, um, I, I make it sound so morbid, you know, running a supplement store. Yeah, I'm the same way. Because yeah. I know that first of all, they're probably not going to take any advice I give them. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna talk them out of the concept before they even like mm -hmm. waste an hour of my life. Um, and two, you know, especially with with supplement retail, if you don't know a shit ton about the back end of the ingredients and how they're made and how they work in the body, yeah, you're not going to stand out and be different than me. And these, these gentlemen who asked me, they were in the same county as me and wanted to open up locally. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't even about competition. It was just like, yeah, man, yeah. you know, you, you've got to really go do it yourself. 
and you know yeah. figure out your own strategy. So well, there's a lot of people that it's it's like you said, like one out of a hundred of the people that ask you this are actually even going to consider taking those steps and actually putting your plan into action. So it's not mm-hmm. about being rude because you're just like me. You don't want to come off as rude. You don't know if that next kid really does need a little bit of advice and help. Mm-hmm. And advice is one thing. but And it doesn't have to be a mutual benefit like you give me advice, I give you advice. And it has right. to be equal. Mm-hmm. But there has to be – you have to show me something before yep. I'm going to take 30 minutes or an hour out of my day to walk you through steps that might not even be applicable mm-hmm. by the time you start your business, right? Like if I give you information today about Instagram Reels mm-hmm. and you don't actually implement it until two years later when you have the funds to start the gym – it could be totally different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The industry exactly. can change so fast. I think Andy Frisella, his his statement was, uh, the work comes before the belief. And I think that yeah. when seeking people, you know, I, I advice from people of influence or people that you look up to, you know, you, you need to at least have some kind of tangible proof to show that individual, hey, like, I'm already taking steps of action towards it. Um, mm-hmm. I just would love any insight you could give me. But most of the time, they don't already have that in line. They're just... They had a motivational idea, listen to Gary Vee the night before, and then they jump, yep. you know, run into the store the next day and, you know, ask away. But Gary Vee is a, a tough one, too, because he's very – so there's so many of these people, right? Grant Cardone, Gary Vee. Andy Purcell, I feel like, offers more practical stuff, but at this point mm-hmm. it's a bit more motivational. I feel yeah, like practical. His, his stuff's a little too political for me sometimes currently. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? same, same. Yeah. But – with all of those, so many people are getting inspired to take action and to have the self-belief, which is great. But at the same time, not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur. Nope. And that's the truth of the matter. And so not everyone's willing to take the risk. Not everyone's willing to or has the creativity to separate themselves from different brands or companies and actually provide value in a, in a different, unique way. Mm-hmm. And that's the tough pill for a lot of people to swallow because it isn't. 30 minutes of motivation because you watched a Gary Vee video. It has to be months, years, possibly even a decade before you can actually put that plan into action. Like I wanted to start the gym for like three, four years and it took me years of planning. And fortunately, you know, working, and that's the other thing too. People want to ask like, oh, how did you get the funds? And they either call bullshit or they claim I had like a bunch of loans or partners Mm -hmm. or they act like I had like daddy's money and they can't fathom working a side job or saving money. Or, or t- you know, anything like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, some people just aren't willing willing to do those things. And uh, I don't know, it's just a tough pill for people to swallow in this day and age where a lot of entrepreneurial ideal – or ideal the, – the appearance on the outside of essentially of an entrepreneur is very glamorous, right? Mm-hmm. It looks pretty. You see the Andy Vercellas. You see the fun parts of opening a business, of having the yeah. four-year anniversary. They right. don't see the the really late hours. Oh, they don't tragic, see the stress man. of seeing the bills. They uh-huh. don't see the stressful phone calls. They don't see the sacrifice with relationships, skipping oh, date yeah. nights or skipping family things, and you know they don't they don't see that. It's it's unhealthy, uh, and it can and it you, you yeah. know as an entrepreneur, you're gonna go through phases of having the best and most blissful life and and appreciative and you know grateful, but there's also phases of of true self destruction and not even intentional. Mm-hmm. But it kind of ties into another point that I was thinking about as far as the, the glamour or the look behind the scenes, the man behind the curtain with being an entrepreneur is the idea of like must be nice. And I want to ask you about this because I think a year or two ago, right, you got a Tesla mm-hmm. through the brand of like through the company, right, branded that. I'm sure you probably got so many people that are like, look at Jacob with his new Tesla it was, and his business must be nice, must be easy, things like that. I That was the best and worst decision I've ever made um, because of, for one, 
socially, yeah, people in my hometown, people that I know that meet me, they see the car, which is not that expensive, by the way. You should yeah. see how many trucks guys drop 100K on down here in South Carolina. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. And my car's not even that, nowhere near it. But it's just the perception of it is, oh, you know, Jacob's Jacob's made it. He's made it. And I'm like, yeah. Um, and people have told me that in my face. I'm like, and I say it politely, but, you know, don't assign me my final destination. You know, this, and, yeah. and that car actually is in my store's name. It's, you know, yeah, it, which is different. The, yeah. the company, the, the reason that. that I got that car was for one, to I drive every day from county to county. And two, yeah. I had no debt, no credit established with the nutrition store. And so Jacob Davis's credit was perfect and it was a co signer to TNS. And so that helped us basically get more of a better credit threshold for future, op, you know, future projects and whatnot if we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. you know that the perception of it to the local community is like, oh, you know, big baller, big timer. I'm like, no, I've, yeah. I've lived in a shitty trap house for two and a half years. Like the, there's literally feral well, roosters. I used in the to get it. <laughs> yeah, I used to get it a lot. With uh, I had some guy even kind of say it to my face. We, you know, we were talking about, you know, he he was falling in and out a little bit with lifting. He's been lifting for years and. Um, you know, he just was struggling to be consistent. And I was like, well, you know, I know you work like a job, like during the middle of the day, but you could always try like, you know, lifting in the morning. Like I'm trying to offer a real solution. Right. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, like easy for you to say you like own a gym. And I was like, well, 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 you don't actually understand all that I do. Right. Yeah. Like people might see I own a gym. So it's, it's probably easy to just walk out of your office and go work out. Somewhat, yes, but one, it's hard to separate mentally work mm-hmm. mind from working out. So my workouts suffer sometimes because I'm already stressed. I'm changing trash cans, sweeping floors, re-racking weights, doing all the stuff during my workouts. So it takes away from that, one. Mm-hmm. Two, when you're at the same place every day, 365, you don't feel like being there and actually training and working. I'm sure you're that way with the store. Mm-hmm. You love the store. Yep. But being there all day long, you get a little sick of it sometimes. You need mm-hmm. a break. And then the other thing people don't realize, too, is owning the gym isn't all that I do. And it's the same thing with you. Owning the store isn't all that you do. You know? mm-hmm. You're creating content. I'm also editing six, eight hours a day doing that. I'm trying to make Instagram content. I'm yeah. training, lifting, and running, like sometimes doing two-a-days. I also have relationships, like we talked about, to try and manage. So you know, if I'm getting there at like 5 a.m., back and forth after a shower, I'm back at the gym until like 6 o'clock, I'm in bed by like 7.50, so I get up at 3.50 the next morning, I have like an hour to spend with my wife, Yeah, you know? Exactly. And it's just, that's what people don't see, so when they say must be nice or easy for you to say, it's, they they kind of, they only see you mm-hmm. at the store, right? Or they only see you at Instagram, or they only see me at the gym, and they think that's all I do, that's all who I am, That those are my only obligations, yep. you know? So it's like oh, yeah. this curtain view. Oh man, e- yeah. Every day people approach me, and they still think that I hire somebody to do all of our video work, or that that I hire somebody to run my yeah. website or my social media or um, mm-hmm. anything that we do on the back end. Um, and they don't realize that I'm the one sitting at home doing it all night, you know? Or, doing it you, all. I mean, yeah. You know, and, and that's not a, you know, the thing is like I'm proud of the skills I've acquired, but also you know at some point yeah. you know I will have to delegate the, some of them out. But um, they, people yeah. don't see it, though. You're right. You know, they see the video well, and it's, they, you know. Yeah, it's not a flex either. It's not us trying to prop up ourselves like, look at us. We do it all. Because right. like you said, there's big benefits and it's a smart way to delegate when you can, when you mm-hmm. financially can. But especially tying into what we talked about earlier with the entrepreneur, the wannabe entrepreneur, 
is there are those sacrifices that you have to make that people don't you know realize and they think it is all happy-go-lucky when they see the tesla or they see the new equipment at the gym or they see us move and buy a house or whatever and uh you know there's not there's no result without sacrifice i feel Mm -hmm. like oh yeah and you know based on based on what people see on social media too you know i think that's a lot of what cultivates the perception of me and tns is they see the flashy yeah. videos and the fancy, sexy music behind if we do like a montage or yeah. something. And I'm like, yeah. you know, they're like, your, your, your business is doing good. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you, you've never even like been in here until now. And enter, you know, yeah. You've seen Instagram, you've seen the highlights. Um, so yeah. it is a lot different. But you- Yes. So one question with the, uh, the store mm-hmm. and, and kind of like projecting with the industry moving forward is are you ever worried about the supplement industry turning towards almost 100% e-commerce, and how do you feel like that impacts your store, or how do you see the industry moving forward? Yeah, so that's something I've thought a lot about over the past few years uh, with the rise of Amazon kind of taking over the supplement space and um, being a huge mover. Um, So I'll start out by saying I think that there will always be a niche for brick and mortar. And I think that we see it, yeah. we're going to see it come in waves over the next you know, few years of people mm-hmm. who go e-com, then want that physical you know, uh, like presence. Back, yeah. you know, because there's only so much information you can trust on a product review on a website. And so they could be you know, funded or they could be you know, dishonest. Mm-hmm. So I think that as, with us being in our niche community of Spartanburg and Greenville, um, I don't worry about it so much. But also, you know, the next steps for me and my company are, are more so to become a brand and to become a, mm-hmm. you know, TNS um, nutrition, yeah. you know, whatever products we actually currently manufacture. I want to lean into that. And so we're kind of mm-hmm. have we have a plan for both. Right. I want to I want to grow the supplement side yeah. for the e-com. Uh, but I also want to do things that with that e-com that provide value still. So a lot of yeah. lot of weird projects on the back end that you know are written on my vision yeah. board and. So know. branding is something I wrote down that I wanted to dive in. I almost don't know what direction to go to, so maybe you can steer it. Is the idea of building a brand because I see it with I've done and I talked about it on the last podcast, so I'll kind of uh, condense it a little bit. But basically, for the past six months, I've been helping as a copywriter. Never done it before, but as a copywriter for ten thousand athletic apparel brand. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you see I posted yeah. it, but anyway, point is. Um, they, to me, have a really strong brand presence as far as not everyone knows them, but if you go to their page, right. they're very specific on what kind of content they'll post, mm-hmm. their look, their fonts, their colors, what they say in their captions, everything like that, which is why they wanted me to help write some captions and emails and things like that because I feel like I have a similar voice to mm-hmm. it, and so they reached out to me. But I feel like it's so easy to, as a brand, especially when you're excited, you just open up your business or whatever, to just post haphazardly. But what do you think of as far as how stringent are your brand guidelines when you're when you're posting? Do you think about hey, what does this say? You know, does this fall into the the emotions we want to present as a brand? Mm-hmm. Does this fit our characteristics, our color, our motto, our feeling that we want to empathize to people? Yeah. What do you think about branding overall? So when I think of branding, I think that there's a clear and defined difference between branding and marketing, right? So and and in my view. Marketing is action taken to generate a return. Branding is continuous action taken to generate loyalty and following over time. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's probably more real definitions than that, but 
Uh, so with branding, I like yours. Uh, thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> so like with branding, you know, I guess my guidelines are, and I've kind of really locked in on this this year, uh, thanks to my friend Andy from uh, from Norse Fitness. You know, we were talking about both of our brands respectively, and uh, how his is really hardcore, very you know mythological, yeah. very Icelandic. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, we were talking. I'm like, it, yeah. I'm like, we're we're kind of like just the fun brand, you know, like. There's so many hardworking motherfuckers out there nowadays, and I love Axe Sledge and a lot of the brands that are all yeah. about American work hard. Uh, our goal is is to have fun and to be vibrant and colorful and, and flashy. Um, mm-hmm. So with brand guidelines, man, I do whatever I can, obviously, to keep our Apple and Barbell present in every single piece of content. Um, but you know, we have a it. The thing I don't want to say it's purposeless the content because there's always going to be some kind of directive or purpose uh, generating mm-hmm. interest. Uh, but there's not there's not that many set guidelines with the fun brand, quote unquote, because every yeah. piece of content I make, whether it generates big a big um, engagement from, I just trust mm-hmm. that somebody's gonna see it, and that one person's gonna see yeah. it and either get some kind of value, they're gonna laugh, they're gonna learn, and over time, more people will compound and compound. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I have the exact you know. Hardcore. Well, and that's okay. I think I think it's a balance because, you know, I talked about Austin a lot with this. I know like a year ago when I was getting a little bit more hands-on with him, with mm-hmm. Gymflow, and kind of rebranding them a little bit yeah. was, you know, the idea of you set too strict guidelines. You kind of put yourself in a box. And like right. you said, you can't out, you know, hardworking motherfucker, like gritty, like Andy Priscilla. You can't yeah. outdo that. Right, you know, just some brands, you know. So you got to kind of separate yourself in a different way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you have no no guidelines, right, and you're just posting kind of random shit, sometimes mm-hmm. it's funny, sometimes it's serious. Like people don't know what to expect from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So it gets a little tricky with that. But I, I it's just interesting because right, you walk into Starbucks, mm-hmm. there's a certain feeling that yeah. you get, and some sometimes it's not even the content you post, but like you mentioned, the logo, the colors, mm-hmm. the the words you use, the tone of speech, the attitude, things like that. Even like, you know, with this beautiful wall that I DIY'd and things <laughs> like that, I'm trying to present a certain feeling of coziness uh-huh. and seriousness with the black, but then there's some design to it. There's a walnut, you know, darker wood desk. Like, mm-hmm. There's a certain feeling versus if you, if I flip the camera, you look at Maddie's side of the office, it's all white, it's tons of books. It's light. It's it's delicate, right? Right, right? It's very different, you know? Of course. And it shows that sometimes branding doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. But I think it is important, especially as a business owner, uh, for those of you that are out there, or even as an Instagram, you are mm-hmm. a business if you're posting content, right? Yep. That you need to think of, uh, have some kind of consistencies with how you present yourself because I think it allows people to kind of identify you a certain way because mm-hmm. for a while I was identified as the bodybuilder. I'm sure you are in some instances too, mm-hmm. but you're a lot more than that. So now I'm trying to present myself as this hybrid athlete. And a lot of times new people that come to my page, they sell Brock the runner. And I'm like, yeah. the runner. Okay. I'm like, I'm not even good at running, <laughs> but they think I'm the runner. Right. right you know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, they want that. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Branding's right. an interesting spot. Yeah, well, it's interesting too, because um, you know, I think about it and I don't have an exact answer for like a guideline or a layout, but you know, every piece of content I do, we, we have a really good schedule of flip flop between informative, yeah. comedic, informative, comedic. Yeah. Well, um, and that's, that's structure whether you mean to or not. Right. You know? Right. And so like typically the videos that I do on TikTok that that's where our largest following is, um, just mm-hmm. me holding the phone. Right. So it's more of my own personal brand touch, but, 
Uh, Instagram, you're going to have... It's really, it's so weird for me, too. And I've been re like wrestling with this for the past year. We're a brand that has customers all over the world currently. But we're housed in a community that knows us as the local mom and pop shop. And Very so, small, yeah, yeah. Small town feel. And so the majority of my following is a mix between local and people all mm -hmm. over. And so it's like, all right, well, you know, I want to make sure that I take care of the community that's treated me so well. So we do all these local events and content. And those are the ones that get the worst engagement, but generate the most mm -hmm. people who have interest in coming in the store. Uh, then we Locally, do a, a yeah. funny skit, you know, and, you know, Joe Blow conservative, super, you know, whatever yeah. down the road is offended at it. Um, but everybody yeah. else around the world loves it. So it, it, we're in a weird spot yeah. as a brand, trying to figure out like what we are um, and just mm -hmm. leaning into that. Yeah, well, I think that's okay. That leads <laughs> into a couple wrap-up questions I have for you. Yeah. Where is the nutrition store headed? Do you plan on going to, and again, this could be years down the road, but a third location? Do you see yourself, I know you touched on, hey, it's hard to just, you know, we're not copying and pasting stores everywhere, mm -hmm. but it, you know, do you feel like, you're going to take the attitude of continuing to expand in your kind of state and area, or is it going to be more a push towards e-commerce? Um, so we are going to expand, um, but it's going to be in a little bit of a different direction. So my goal is we're going to have a third store, but it's going to be more of a showroom, basically leading into our manufacturing facility here in the upstate of South Carolina. And so we are going mm -hmm. to eventually – uh, create a manufacturing facility where we make our own products and also help out a lot of local brands um, and gyms and professionals, mm -hmm. doctors that want their own line of formulations. Um, but I, I really have this vision for having a, a, an awesome little storefront that is basically has a glass wall that shows people the real manufacturing process and shows people yeah, that's good to the see. back end of how it works because, you know, supplements are so mystical to people that have mm -hmm. never like been in the industry or been on the, the deep you know, manufacturing side. So uh, we have an opportunity to, you know, really jump towards that. So I think really expand locally, but also the e-com and the brand side of things where we end up making a large, you know, variety of things and products. That's where we're hopefully yeah. going. So, but I gotcha. Yeah, I man. Gotcha. The, the, and what's next? What's next? Uh, I was gonna say, what's next on a personal note for mm. you? Personal note. So my goals I, outside of yeah. the store, man. Well, so every year I set a like my own little technology goal or like nerd goal for myself. Um, mm -hmm. And so this year's was to become a like elite level graphic designer. And so uh, by the end of this year, that's kind of something I've been chipping away at. Uh, did my first label design on our own products and drew it all myself. Nice. So that's like something that I'm really passionate about lately is graphic design and creating you know logos and and helping other brands improve themselves. So mm -hmm. I'm getting into the freelance avenue uh, a good bit with that, with uh, shirt design and, yeah. and brand design for other mm -hmm. people. So that's something I, I yeah. love. I love coming home and doing, uh, even though it does indirectly kind of work towards TNS. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's the perfect kind of way to do it. I mean, those are skills that are so transferable and they're also so valuable in a gig economy because mm -hmm. I – Similar to how you kind of got started making videos, when I was 11 or 12, as a kid, I had friends, but I feel like I didn't have a ton of my neighborhood, so I spent a lot of time more like just independent. And so mm -hmm. I would always be like filming videos, looking up tutorials, uh, pirating software, and learning stuff. Oh, yeah, stuff. me too. And so <laughs> I've had Final Cut since I was like 11, 
and nice. and Photoshop and just you know just making goofy pointless shit. Uh-huh. And, you know, Star Wars effects and, you know, <laughs> Dude, same, all this kind of same, shit. Man. <laughs> but, but you learn so much from doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a way of learning without trying to teach yourself something. Like you're just learning by fun mm-hmm. rather than going to like a school or taking a course, right? And those skills are what I owe everything to. Yep. Most of my income, most of my success because I can make my own graphics, film my own stuff at the gym, film my own Instagram content. I don't have to pay anyone. Um, like you mentioned, you can do so much with freelance work. And so it's something I almost want to, A, I want to make sure I'm still doing some of that stuff, still mm-hmm. playing around, even if it's not worth money, because eventually, you know, the skills are transferable. And two, when I have kids, I want to find a way to incentivize them to like learn skills like this mm-hmm. by having fun. Yeah. Because these these can make them just as much, if not more, money and allow them to skip college. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, man. So, no, it's, it's crazy you say yeah. that. I mean, we have this, a very similar upbringing with, uh, I remember being, you know, in fourth grade and I would take my parents' webcam from their PC and I uh-huh. actually put it in the window to my backyard and we would do like little yeah. uh, king and queen skits with my siblings. And mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, just it, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about how it compounded and rolled into uh, what we do today. What it is today. Um, yeah. Because I, I went through a period of my bodybuilding teens where I didn't really make that much content anymore. And then I just picked yeah. it up all of a sudden and now it's all that I do um, for, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So yeah. crazy. Yeah. Developmental years. They're, they're big, man. We were lucky enough to be exposed to the early YouTube days, I think. All right, Jacob. Well, thank you for coming on for the show. You know, let it. me know or let the people know where they can find you. I know on Instagram, you have a lot of handles because you got your personal business. <laughs> yeah. On Instagram, it's at tns.ceo. Yeah, that's me. That's me. That was my uh, my yep, that's you. arrogant stab at, uh, I guess, forcing confidence when, when it wasn't there years ago. So I'm, like, I'm just going to call myself the CEO, and now it's stuck. It's on. I rant. I rant. Um, and, I, you know, you're, you're not in that category, but me and Austin have ranted before about people who call themselves CEO uh-huh. when they're like a one-person company. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like – you're not an executive. There's no, there's nothing executive yeah. about your business right now. Elon, <laughs> Elon Musk even said, he's like, you know, this is not a legal title. He's like, really all you need is a president yeah. and an, a, you know, a chief owner. But, um, but yeah, so yeah. TNS CEO on Instagram, uh, TikTok, yeah. the nutrition store. We actually got that one without the LLC. Uh, Instagram nice. is the nutrition store LLC. And our website yep. um, is the nutrition stores, plural, uh, dot yep. com. So we are uh, and do you, you have a supplement the company or something that supplement line we do. yeah so right now it's still okay. under the nutrition store um it's it's the nutrition okay. store uh, enjoy the hysteria Easy. enjoy the pumps we will be changing mm-hmm. that over here within the next month to uh enjoy the nutra um so we're gonna have basically that okay. side brand so be on the lookout for all that okay. but yeah thank well, you for having well, me man i, I enjoyed on. it yeah dude check them it's out a blast yeah <laughs> absolutely and we'll catch you guys later